Welcome one, welcome all to episode 213 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, January 27th, 2024. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in today's episode, we are discussing the industry-wide continuance of layoffs, including 1900 at Microsoft. Separately, Power World has proven to be the latest gaming phenomenon, and more signs are emerging that Xbox is set to exit the physical games market. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Um, Health-wise, I'm at like 95%. I'm feeling better, but it's like I still have like this lingering cough that's not really doing anything it's just there Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm glad for that but i don't know man i'm trying to get back on the uh the old gaming horse you know been playing more games recently this week and uh not just laying in bed and Mm -hmm. watching the last of us trying to sympathize with the zombies and um (laughs) overall just a, a real Real interesting week. You mentioned the layoffs, and we'll get into that. But uh, I, I was happy to hear that I checked in with all my friends, both at Riot and Blizzard, mm-hmm. and thankfully all of them are safe. Um, I was really happy about that. It was just nice to kind of check in with them. Um, some I haven't talked to in a while, but it was nice to know that at least the folks that I, I am personally invested in mm-hmm. um, are still not having to worry about that kind of layoff issue right now. Good. How Good are you doing? I'm good. Um, I I'm had, I had a uh, tweaked back and neck uh, mm. past week that's been frustrating, and I've not been taking care of myself well. And yeah. so, trying to restart that in a proper setting. January has been a month of zero routine at work. Oh. Every week has had an interruption, a break, a something, a something. And yeah. so, when that happens, I find it harder to take care of myself, just as a result of the breaks in routine. So, anxious to get back there for sure. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to talking this week. It's been a very weird juxtaposition of celebrations in the gaming space <laughs> and devastating news. And I'm, and I, I'm, it's ripe for controversy and, and conversation for sure. But, uh, I do want to give a, a shout out as my words of kindness this week to one Kyle Stevenson over at the trophy room. Kyle, yeah. um, made a really dumb comment and I'm just worried for him. He thinks that Joel from The Last of Us could beat Leon Kennedy in a fight. Leon Kennedy, no. of course, from Resident Evil. And it's just such a silly mistake. And I just feel so bad for him. So I just wanted to give him some love and show him some support. It's, because Leon Kennedy is military trained and Joel is cranky and bad at golf. Like, yes. What are we doing here? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to... like Dealing with zombie apocalypse is, is, is a real test. Like you can tell how a person responds to that. And while at the end of the day, regardless of zombies, humans are still the most dangerous thing out there. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Leon, they're the walking dead. Yeah. Leon <laughs> Kennedy. It's funny that this is coming up. Leon Kennedy is by far mm-hmm. the stronger of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it's brave that Kyle is willing to voice that, uh, that opposition to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Leon is like, 
I'm not saying this just because Resident Evil 2 is on Game Pass, although it is, and you should probably check it out. It's so good. But so good. Leon Res- Kennedy, also more attractive too. Arguably. Devastatingly handsome. De- Very dreamy handsome. eyes. Dreamy eyes. Dream- oh, God. Dreamy eyes. <laughs> and can I Way say more. Resident Evil 4? <laughs> Everybody should be playing that one. That Leon Kennedy is is a fierce warrior. That cast um, is is ridiculously handsome and, it's and attractive. Absurd. It it's is absurd. Bond stuff that we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk Overwatch. about it. It would put Overwatch to shame. Ah, it's not worth it. Who are your words of kindness? As I quickly change the subject away, uh, Latif. I think is how you pronounce it. Latif Nasser. Mm-hmm. Um, who uh, uh i've seen this thread going around and i finally decided to dive into it on twitter after you had quote tweeted it saying that it was a fantastic thread i was like all right well my buddy's finally saying that it's good so if he says it's good then i probably should jump into it and i dove into this little zuzi thread about mm-hmm. a solar system and what a what a little asteroid could mm-hmm. and Man, the the amount of knowledge that was dropped harkens back to the to the grandiose days of what Twitter was mm-hmm. and really just reminded me that the state of games journalism is horrible mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. some random writer decides to go down the rabbit hole of what a quasi moon is. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't looked this up, I, I would just I would encourage you to go and try and find it's just latif l-a-t-i-f-n-a-s-s-e-r on twitter mm-hmm. um he's a, a the the writer type who's mostly harmless apparently in a co-host for wnyc's uh radio lab mm-hmm. which they they that is a podcast that they do <clears throat> but apparently they're trying to turn an asteroid that is both a moon and not a moon for venus from 2002 VE, mm-hmm. which was the official designation upon discovery, uh, the name of the actual um, uh, the celestial body, to Zuzi, which was the um, misprint on a child's solar system poster. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, dude, it's stupid stuff like that. That really is just like it's fascinating because I do this like last night. I went down this rabbit hole when I saw a tweet from uh someone uh, like asking to name a small camera like an uh, a small filming camera right they're like what should we call our run and gun camera and i was like the walther ppk because it's a small and it's being the run and gun camera and the walther ppk not only was james bond's pistol but is also a very popular pistol i was like well, we'll just call it the walther ppk then i went down the rabbit hole of what the heck the Walter Walter PPK was. And that was like, it was a fantastic half hour that I'll never get back. But the amount of knowledge that I earned from this one random YouTube video and some digging was like, it it was just that satisfaction of enrichment of knowledge that you didn't have before that may not serve a purpose, but you just know it. And you know, one day someone's going to be like, oh yeah, the Walter PPK. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, that was actually a service pistol. It's actually been changed up a few times based on different countries because it was such a dependable weapon, but it's also one of the least popular ones just due to the name, the, the type of caliber that it is. It's not quite as powerful as like a nine millimeter gun, but in double double O or golden I 007 for the N64, it uses the same ammo as uh, three different types, which is horribly inaccurate, but probably just a game development choice it's fascinating the random bs that i found out about this 
I want you to know my eyes glazed over twice, and I forced myself to come back. But I still, yeah, your rabbit hole went deep. Get, get your get your fidget cube out. Yep. It's fine. Thank I'm you. not gonna. I appreciate I appreciate you for letting me fidget. I don't care. If you if you want to fidget, you can fidget. I've got. Oh no, I don't. I actually have a fidget cube which I bought because it was a good Kickstarter, and it's a fantastic little cube. And then I also have my um, Ridge Wallet that we, was gifted to us. That's in our merchandise. Mm -hmm. that i typically play around with and nice. neither are present right now <laughs> well let's get to our first topic here logan uh of course we had industry devastating news as layoffs continue uh, across the board embracer group axing all kinds of jobs but i think what garnered the most attention this past week was microsoft laying off 1900 positions uh yeah. during a restructuring largely in the wake of the activision blizzard news uh this in many ways, and I felt very callous in my first reaction. I felt like this was very expected and it should be. I would. Yeah, I, I felt very callous because I was like this. I expected this because you have two major companies merging. You don't need two back offices as they become one company. Yeah. Um, and that is a separate take than the empathy and sympathy I offer to the human element of this those who are losing their livelihoods their mortgage those who move their families and their welfare across the countries and various things but it did feel very expected these closures were uh across the board uh at microsoft there were a number of different studios that lost people largely uh activision blizzard based sledgehammer games lost about 30 percent of their staff high moon over 10%, Toys for Bob, 30%, Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Raven, Solid State Studios, Beanox, Demonware, they all lost people as well. Uh, the Overwatch team was a, was hit extremely hard uh, yeah. as their Project Odyssey was shuttered, which makes perfect sense when you step back and look at what Project Odyssey was. Um, it makes sense. It is still sad. And that's yeah. the point that I want to, to touch on there. Um, because certainly a number of people have have hit it. I do not think this spells doom and gloom for Microsoft, Xbox, or Activision Blizzard. What do you think? No, I don't. Um, a few things I want to jump in with. So for those that are not in the know, uh, Blizzard was working on a game called uh, Project Odyssey, and that was their survival game that was in the works for roughly about six years uh, and they canned it. Um, and, and unfortunately, when they have kind of these like in-house bake sessions where they're they're kind of working on a game and they've got something like on the stove that they're currently cooking on. After six years, six years is a long time for a game to be in production to try and just like see if you can find that magic. Uh, they did this back in the day with a, a game called project Titan. It was kind of the successor to what world of Warcraft was. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was canned. But from that came overwatch, which at the time was a lot more fun for people. People were having a lot more fun with the things like uh, counter-strike and, and CSGO and whatnot. They, they wanted to play a shooter. So they created overwatch from Titan. And Destiny too. Destiny was one of those games that was just driving Titan uh, behind the scenes. So, yes, Odyssey was canceled. It sucks that that team was laid off. But there is an opportunity at this point for Xbox and Blizzard and Activision in general to really kind of focus in on 
what is actually going to be worth doing. Um, I was very sad to hear that this was happening because it wasn't just the people that were like the, the social media teams or the publishing teams or the PR teams. Um, it was a lot of devs. A lot of devs were laid off. And unfortunately, I think the problem here was, is that this is just something that is happening across the industry right now for whatever reason, be it inflation, be it, uh, you know, just a shrinking after games are launched. There's a lot of reasons why I think you can probably attest to this is this is something that I think we're going to continue seeing for a while. I don't think we're done with the layoffs and I think we're going to continue to see it. And it really sucks because I worry about my friends, but I did expect this to happen after the merger. Um, I think I saw a tweet that Elizabeth Warren was saying that she warned about this happening. And a lot of people who work in M&A came out and was like, yeah, no, duh. But I don't think anyone was expecting it to be so many. Mm-hmm. I... I have, I have a hard time with with reconciling my feelings. And I know I just said a few moments ago, the human element to me is a very separate thing than the expectation of job loss and change because I see this happening industry-wide and yeah. with big mergers, redundancies, failed projects, projects not going where they need to, and the inflated budgets that come with bigger projects and the expectations of AAA. Um, I think this is the snapback of the industry we've seen snapback to every every few years to industry trends that become too expensive or ineffective uh, a good example of snapback was the adjustment in trying to battle the used games market what happened you got an online code or a passcode or like whenever you bought a game new they gave you the online passcode but that once that was used you had to purchase the passcode and when you bought a game physical this was something that happened in order to combat the used games market that gradually went away and season passes microtransactions took their place and and then they too altered over time because it was micro microtransactions and then it became season passes um and then the trend thanks to fortnite of putting currency in season passes to keep people re-engaging we see snapback pretty darn regularly uh as the industry adjusts and so too in those elements do jobs change with it um i don't think i don't think this is the end all be all i think this is just an adjustment to trying to deliver titles at a reasonable development cost for for a good healthy response in terms of revenue and profit companies the part that i i got a kick out of were all the people that were suddenly very down on Microsoft or Xbox for ruining so many lives after several weeks ago saying they would save yeah. Activision Blizzard. I don't think the two are, are exclusive. Now, companies are companies. They are not our friends. They are not anything. We t- we talk a lot about not evangelizing leadership. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think you can be a shrewd businessman, businesswoman, business person, and human and kind and i think that does occur it's just few and far between in terms of public sight i one of our community members i forget which one called bill phil spencer uh a cutthroat and that is not the vibe 
that I get there. Shrewd, capable, fine. But cutthroat to me implies backstabbing and lies and deceit. And I never, I don't quite pick up on that in this particular case. Am I, am no. I, am I fanboying? I, no, I don't think so. Because I think this is, I mean, this is, it is, you have to be, you have to be shrewd when it comes to choosing who's going to keep a job and who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is something that I would consider backstabbing though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think maybe some of that is coming from the, the, the persona that Phil portrays when he's in interviews, but I don't think that is, I personally have never felt like that was coming across as a persona. I don't feel like that that was coming across as a facade. Mm-hmm. It's always felt very genuine He's always been very upfront about the mistakes that Xbox makes and mm-hmm. the course corrections that they try to do. I think Phil is just one of those types of people who people can relate to as a gamer and hope that, yes, Phil is a businessman. Please assume that is his first priority and that the welfare of the company comes first over personal preferences or personal desires. Like mm-hmm. his job is what's going to keep him paid to be able to continue to be the the person that he is, that is going to be his first priority. Mm-hmm. You know, family first, then job, then everyone else. Um, and so, if I may, we yeah, saw a lot of, in the various leaks and industry sharings that have happened, I think we've seen a lot of finger pointing to other executives at various times, but I don't feel like we've heard these negative stories about most that are currently in xbox leadership maybe that maybe that's i just don't feel like we've heard or seen that you know and i don't feel like we've heard heard or seen that with many sony people with the exception of one or two we've heard that with like bobby kodak bobby kodak we've heard it for like that is a person that i i think was probably a lot more backstabbing Mm -hmm. and shrewd cutthroat very much so yes absolutely doomed the overwatch franchise Oh yeah, in the, in the handling of Overwatch Two, which oh, yeah. subsequent ripple effect hit Project Odyssey, which, for my money, from what I read about Odyssey, is it's very much a survival game that Xbox already has in its pantheon, right? With yeah. Minecraft and seemingly now Pal World, um, which still stinks, but like you know, Overwatch da- was irreparably damaged thanks to Bobby Kotick. I don't feel like we've heard those stories about Sarah Bond. Matt Booty, Phil Spencer, that kind of thing. Now, um, a, a counterpoint, maybe that sure. is because people evangelize them so much. Mm, good point. Good. We point. don't see that we, you know, for for a long time, you know, someone is a a hero until someone speaks up who is actually portraying the the proper perspective mm-hmm. of who this human being is mm-hmm. and how they treat others. Until we get those, we all just kind of think everything is sunshine and. And honey, you know, a, a good point, a good point. Something mm-hmm. that was this is a silver lining in an awful week of layoffs. Riot Games was that was praised for the very generous severance packages that they were giving the healthcare packages, you know, keep trying to keep people on their feet for I think it was like six months and then they can keep certain, you know, more time yeah. to based on their their tenure with the company. Um, we've not heard anything about the Microsoft layoffs that the wording in, in some of the memos said in accordance with local laws, which doesn't spell happiness and sunshine for me the way like the silver lining happiness sunshine that the riot one does. So but I'm but I imagine over the next few weeks we will see those things. Yeah. Good and bad. Good and bad. It's 
It's going to be hard to say. Unfortunately, I know a lot of Riot team members who uh, were or friends of my friends mm-hmm. who did get laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing their severance package feels more in line with California state laws because we are a very pro employee state. Like mm-hmm. a lot of like when everyone was raising the the uh, or when the federal wage was going up mm-hmm. in a few years back in like 2020 a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of kind or a lot of companies in California decided to raise theirs early mm-hmm. just to get it out of the way so mm-hmm. that projections would would be accommodated properly when they have the opportunity to so it wouldn't surprise me riot being based in LA uh oh, right. is is one of those things where they're just doing that and and historically blizzard has tried to be good to their employees when it comes to pay and severance Mm -hmm. uh, retirement packages things like that like a lot of folks are kind of grandfathered in compared to nowadays it's definitely not nearly as good as it used to be Mm -hmm. but i am hoping that the folks that were impacted will get some sort of restitution the trouble right now is is that this is the worst time to be trying to get a job in the industry it feels very saturated with talent that is looking for a job yeah there are more people laid off right now than ever before. As a result, there's not many jobs that people can take or mm-hmm. are willing to take because not all jobs are remote. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that did go to Blizzard as a result of the acquisition are moving back to wherever they can mm-hmm. because their job is just not there anymore. And they can, they, it is very expensive to live in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So, it's just one of those it's just one of those bummer stories man uh it, there's nothing positive about this i know that there was some news about uh some of the teams that um used to work for for blizzard who were the community management teams mm-hmm. or the customer service managers customer service teams those are being let go to possibly be uh, uh you know farmed out to out of country companies mm-hmm. which is a, a huge shame because Blizzard was one of those companies that had really good customer service, like amazingly good customer service. You could reach out to them, talk to them, be honest about what was going on, and they genuinely helped fix the rectify issues that that you would come across. Mm-hmm. And to lose that is kind of losing a part of that older mentality that human beings should be behind the actions that serve a company. And that the mm-hmm. better customer service you have, the better rapport you have with your customer base, the more in tune you are with mm-hmm. what their wants and desires are to better inform your decisions in the future. And if you're not getting more than just the customer sat percentage from another company during quarterly meetings, then you're you're going to start losing touch with your customer base. I greatly miss Xbox support. Yeah. When they were run by humans, they were a fantastic support and xbox support now is not nearly as useful or helpful or responsive as it once was a lot of automated messages now very frustrating very frustrating as a dedicated customer with how those automated messages messages are handled versus hey you know john i'm struggling with this oh okay let me look into that and they genuinely are um very frustrating very frustrating um, one of you, we mentioned Blizzard, and I do want to loop back to Call of Duty. So please don't allow me to forget. Okay. But uh, you mentioned Blizzard, and I think it was most notable to so many people that 
we saw Mikey Barra exit from this from this uh, kind of transition out. He's, he's choosing to leave is, is the wording that he and Matt Booty yeah. both offered. I have uh, mixed thoughts on this one. Barra, of course, well-known throughout the gaming industry, well-known throughout for Xbox fans because he used to work at Xbox. Um, he certainly seemed positive when Xbox took over and uh, from Activision. He certainly seemed supportive. He certainly seems to have seen the company through the merger and like Lulu and several others now is exiting. Uh, the statement that he put out subsequently suggests that he's going to travel, spend time with his family before figuring out what he wants to do and the word want being key. I'm very curious if this was asked, if he was asked to exit or if this was done by choice. Regardless, um, I wish him the best and I'm very curious to know kind of what happens, you know? I am very of two minds because Mikey Barra has definitely been a lot more present as as president of Blizzard, but I don't know that he's loved all that much. Um, the, by, the messaging, at Blizzard or by gamers? By fans of Blizzard. I see. Um, and, and I don't know if that's... And, and unfortunately, the people that are saying that tend to be the people that are most cued into the news and, and, and have people at the studio that they've talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that comes as anecdotal evidence from conversations that are being had by other devs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to know, like what the what the true Mikey Barra was like unless you mm-hmm. actually worked there. So it's very interesting. It is kind of a shame that the message that he put out does not really come across as humble given the number of layoffs. The thing for me that hit more than Mikey Barra's leaving was actually Alan Adham, uh, who was effectively basically the the person who started blizzard mm-hmm. um mike morheim and alan adham and chris uh metzen there was a, a handful of people at the very beginning of blizzard's inception mm-hmm. and all of them are gone now they're as far as i can remember of the original founders and and, and alan was kind of like the, the 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 main founder they're all gone and Blizzard is now left to the fans who have become the leadership and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when you when you have something like that, it kind of it kind of speaks to the like <sighs> I'm very passionate about this because I've been following Blizzard and been a fan of Blizzard for all of my life. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's there's a very small portion of my life. That is a, 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 there's a smaller percentage of my life where I wasn't a fan of Blizzard compared to the time when Blizzard existed and I was a fan. Mm-hmm. There are core values that they have inscribed on, on metal plates around the wolf statue that is down in Irvine at their main campus. Mm-hmm. The people that created those are no longer there. What value or worth do those core values have if the founders themselves are no longer there to perpetuate that culture? Are you asking that rhetorically? Yes. And you don't think future leadership will be able to answer that question then? I think future leadership is being placed by Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And when you have leadership, it's like with any company, if you have an outside manager come in as opposed to promoting from within, Mm -hmm. you lose some of the 
some of the culture and some of the understanding of how a company runs and mm-hmm. how the employees are treated and what is the expectation mm-hmm. that unfortunately it's 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 part of that formula that makes a blizzard game blizzard mm-hmm. and and i and i'm hoping that someone within blizzard will step up but at this point it's like watching a movie where they've assassinated all of Congress and the president and the vice president, and you've got like the secretary of state left mm. and they're supposed to run a country. I and see. I just, I, I just worry about the state of blizzard as a result of all of the main leadership and the current leadership mm-hmm. leaving. Who's going to run that company that actually understands the importance of what made blizzard so amazing. Mm, I see. That is a fair question to ask. I feel this is akin to what we're watching happen with 343 in a lot of ways. What is 343 now? What is Halo? We're watching yeah. Halo as a franchise change. And part of these, these I will call them structural changes, which is a cold-hearted way to say people lost jobs and there's reordering, right? Mm-hmm. But the structural changes throughout Microsoft feel uh, like they might not only be accounting for industry trends, the rise of digital game pass the exit from physical in some ways whatever else it might be but they look at how redfall and halo were managed they look at how the fallout franchise was managed they look at how call of duty was being managed and they are set to adjust their perspectives and their approach to certain things um that's what it feels like halo we know halo infinite is in a great place now with a good year ahead of it but also they're working on the next step in the halo franchise and halo infinite's development cycle was a disaster a lesson in what not to do um redfall a lesson in what not to release forza motorsport uh a reminder of hey maybe you just just fill out the palette isn't worth it you need more time in there and i'm curious to know if that changes things uh going forward mikey barra leaving the values that come into that company whoever takes over for activision blizzard which we should find out by the next episode of this um it'll be curious to know what their background is, what their their resume suggests about their values. Uh, and I'm curious about it. And I, and I will tie this quite well to Call of Duty. The future of the Call of Duty franchise is in flux now because it sounds like much like Halo, single and multiplayer are being decoupled in future, not immediately like your next Call of Duty. Not the is next a iteration, not 2024. Right. Correct. But, but going forward, future Warzone, uh, is being decoupled from from it as well. So how are you going to build Sledgehammer, High Moon, Toys for Bob, Raven, Treyarch, Phoenix, all losing staff? Why? What was it? What was it they lost? Was it redundancies in like networking development? What, what was the the intention? And the consistent question we we as gamers are asking is like, OK, anecdotally, is is Toys for Bob going to be freed up to work on Spyro or work on X or Y? Yeah, what's going to happen with Call of Duty if they lose not just the staff from layoffs, but studio attention? And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch going forward. What are the values and goals of Call of Duty? What are they trying to deliver? Are you trying now to compete with with other major franchises? Uh, Do you want Halo and Call of Duty releasing in the same quarter? Do you want Minecraft to interact with Grounded or not? Who are you competing with? How are you building games to go forward? Yeah. It, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And these restructurings, I think, will be telling 
but we still don't know. So there's, there's two, and this is going to be a little doom and gloom as well, too. So I apologize mm-hmm. uh, in advance, but there's two aspects to this that I'm concerned about. Um, and one of them is, is kind of the, the past sets the precedent for the future mm-hmm. where Halo Infinite was built off of the work of many studios and a lot of uh, contract workers who were only on for a portion of time that allowed them to work on the project, but not be fully employed as permanent employees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the issue that we saw with that was just how decoupled issue or things were with Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they've um, pared back a lot of their contract work, they've brought in the Halo MCC team. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to kind of rectify a lot of the issues that they've had mm-hmm. as a result, which is doing well for the game as a as a, a, a as a franchise. But it has still got a lot of that lingering uh, issue, kind of that baggage that mm-hmm. came as a result. The pairing down of Call of Duty Studios speaks to two concerns that I have. One, this is what we asked for. Uh, we asked for game for Call of Duty to not come out on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. A lot of gamers were saying, take your time. It's fine if they don't come out every year. We'll, we'll keep playing the multiplayer, but let the studios have time to breathe. Mm-hmm. You can't have people sitting on their butt and pay them if you're going to continue to be a profitable company. Right. You can do that maybe with lawyers because mm-hmm. you never know when a fire is going to crop up. Fair. Uh, but when it comes to talent, that is not always something that you can justify. Right. So if you're going to say, we want fewer Call of Duty games, we want better quality. The first thing that's going to happen is they're going to pare down the studios so that they don't need all of the necessary talent to be able to do that. And what they're going to do is they're going to work the talent that's left at the same rate that they are mm-hmm. on a smaller cadence to supplement that you hire contract workers mm-hmm. and you start having them work on projects for 18 months. And next thing you know, you're running into problems where people are not working on a project long enough to meaningfully impact mm-hmm. the pro the, the positive development of that product. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like trusting that a person who knows that they're going to be working part-time at a, at a McDonald's to, to care about the health and concerns of the food they're making. Right. Why? Why do they care? They they're on a they're on a timer at this point. They're just mm-hmm. trying to make their their minimum effort, minimum wage, mm-hmm. and go about their day. Because at the end of the day, they don't care. It's a job. Nobody cares really about their job because the job facilitates the thing that we all care about. And there's only a small handful of the percentage of population on this planet mm-hmm. that actually get to do what they love, making money for it. That doesn't feel like an actual job. A lot of people that do what they do passionately are working to the bone to try and make that like a reality and maintain it. So those are my two concerns. Those are very doom and gloom. I'm very, I'm hoping that the result of this will afford the money to fund projects that are more in the line of revitalizing dead IP, Mm -hmm. as opposed to consistently grinding at the call of duty machine and Mm -hmm. oiling the gears there. But who knows? This is, this is like, you do this to try and, and and free up some talent and money to be able to do projects that are weird. Right. And I hope that, you know, we've seen that Microsoft is doing really well with those Hi-Fi Rush, Grounded, uh, mm-hmm. um, Pentiment, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the hope. But the the realistic look at things right now is, is that a lot of people just lost their jobs and it would really suck if those people get hired back on at worse pay or worse benefits later down the road mm-hmm. because they realized that they needed to actually keep those people. Right. I'll be curious to know how this impacts project size as well. I don't remember if we spoke last week about project size next to the budget conversations that came. Uh, but I like the idea of a 10 hour, 10 hour game uh, versus a 50 hour game. If it allows products to be smaller, arrive faster and keep people in cycle yeah. more often. Um, I would love a six hour Spyro, you know, a six hour yeah. crash, a six hour banjo, which we can't say that word. It's like Voldemort now. Um, you can't. I, I, I know it's never going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. He's a stupid character, and I think you guys are dumb for asking for him. Kazooie right. is way better, first off. The fact that you guys don't want a Kazooie game really bothers me, because Banjo's dumb. He's a uh-huh all the time, and just, Kazooie's the smart one. I just feel the need to remind everybody that there are three Crackdowns, and I want Crackdown 4 more than Banjo-Kazooie, you know? like just to keep might my actually get one of those right. Oh, I'd be so happy. The fourth one might be the actual good one. You never know. They were all good. They were all good <laughs> at failing at what they needed to do. Imagine anybody that like doesn't know XEP or me or anything. And they like somebody, <laughs> they see a clip of just that. And I'm like, I want Crackdown more than The internet more. does not know. The internet does not take things out of context. I You're am right. constantly in, in faith that we just need one more really good, strong opinion to, to write the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe Twitter to be that place where we can get that one strong opinion from a middle-aged white dude with a microphone. Uh, but can I just Luke, Elon, Elon's where it's at. I have a feeling I know where you're headed. Uh, you would like us to read our Patreon pitch. I do. I want us to give some shout outs because uh, I saw the other day that we were getting some love in the discord for our discord being so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to call out the people in that discord and our Patreon because they're the ones that make it awesome. Absolutely. Um, I I want to shout out those same people because they make my gaming day better every single time. And it is awesome to have a community of people that just want to celebrate games. Nobody knocks anyone else's games. Like we have such a range. That's not true. That's people. not true. I, I knock the crap out of Battlefield 2042 on a regular basis when I can. Um, <laughs> there. Okay. You know what? I take back. I take it back. I egg on my face. I got my face, but yeah, no, our patrons are amazing. The discord, uh, is absolutely incredible. Uh, recently, Chris from one H one D joined. He's one of our newest patrons. I want to give him a shout out. I love seeing him in chat. Chris is awesome. And, uh, one H one D is a great, great Xbox podcast as well. Um, but I need to read these tier two and three shout outs and let everybody know that when you support us at patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass, you're helping send us on trips. We really, really want to go to California this year. I want to go to California this year. Uh, Logan's just going to drive down. I need to fly across the country to meet my be- one of my best friends uh, and go to FanFest. And so if you're able to th- throw three bucks a month, five bucks a month, even 10 at tier three, we'd be grateful. And we bring you great content like our interview with Cliff Blazinski last week, like our interview coming up with Steven Totillo from Kotaku to Axios to Gamefile. There's certainly plenty of good questions there. Um, these tier two and three shout outs. Let me read them. <clears throat> Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker III, Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley II, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, 
Matto 1606, Randolph Thor 19, Silkenet, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master Allfather James Suddy Esquire, Brendan Myers aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you guys for supporting XCP over at patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. We appreciate you. Can I just say I love Silkenit's ability to ride the fence for both XCP and Trophy Room. I don't know how how they do it, but I, I really appreciate the fact that they're able to be so positive about gaming in both chats when I see them yeah. hanging out. Yeah, they are pretty great. And games are awesome and should be celebrated across the board. Um, I saw a couple people giving Joe a hard time over at the trophy room for calling out uh, calling out different developers for not doing things right, call, uh, praising other things as, as great. And it wasn't PlayStation fanboy, it wasn't Xbox fanboy. He pushed back. He's like, no, I like games. I do a PlayStation show. We do an Xbox show. We love games everywhere. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Uh, this was interesting. Physical games uh, are in decline. I think that's a pretty obvious thing industry wide. But it looks like Xbox is shuttering some of the teams that work to make physical games. And this pairs, interestingly, I should say, with uh, the news that Starfield is being taken off shelves at a number of stores, including Walmart. Uh, they were being sold for three cents, which really just means they're being taken off shelves, um, not actually sold for three cents. We used to do that at GameSpot all the time. And that means they're being redistributed to different markets, uh, and in large part, they want to sh- save the shelf space. I was not bothered by this in a like doom and gloom sense. It seems to be a natural progression of the industry, but I was sad that it's happening because there was something special about going to the gaming and movie sections when you were a kid. Um, but I, I'll open it up for you in just a moment. I just physical game media is dead, has been dead. It's not a thing anymore. Like what good is a Starfield disc It's outdated the moment it's printed thanks to patches and updates. And you have to have an internet connection for so many games. There are so few games that exist in a triple a state that are what they are on the disc. And that's it. And so I feel like this is much ado about nothing. I get wanting to have something cool on the shelf, but I don't see physical gaming as a thing anymore. And um, I will fight anybody, uh, fist fight anybody in the streets that, that says otherwise, because I, uh, I, I'm I'm mean, and I don't know. I'm trying to make a joke. It's just okay. not normal. Yeah, I'm I was, like, I was trying to like make going. it land. Like, I don't know. To, I know where, where you're I'll, going with this. I'll, it was like Michael Scott. I started it, and I was like, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, physical games, they're going away. What do you think? What do you think? Um, no, I, I do think they are going away. Um, how do I feel about that? You know, I I honestly, it doesn't it doesn't impact me, but it does suck. And yeah. the reason it sucks for me is not because I care about whether or not there's a physical cartridge or a physical disc that I can throw into a game. Uh, although I do like that because one of the things that happened last year was uh, Red Dead Redemption was being upscaled and ported to the PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. It has been available for 
uh, Xbox with those uh, those automatic upgrades for a long time mm-hmm. as a result of uh, backwards compatibility and just auto HDR and 60 frames per second frame frame boost or FPS boost. And I went out to my local shop where one of my buddies works and I picked up a used copy of the game mm-hmm. for a fraction of the cost that it was digitally and came home and sat down and played it. And it mm-hmm. was fantastic. It got a, it had a huge map in it, had a whole bunch of like instruction booklet type stuff. Mm-hmm. We are no longer getting the type of physical media that we used to get. Mm-hmm. If we were still getting full on box copies with instruction manuals and cool little features in them and the games were on multiple discs, mm-hmm. if that was still the expectation, I would say this sucks. Mm-hmm. But that is, to your point, not what we're getting. Mm-hmm. And because of the way games are updated, it is not the current process for that. If I want to play Far Cry 6, mm-hmm. which I have physically, I have to go and I have to throw it in my into my console. I have to, I have to install it mm-hmm. from the disc, which is just pulling the data from the store. Right. It's not even like pulling the data off the disk, really. It's like maybe pulling like 500 megabytes off the disk, mm-hmm. which is just to kind of initiate it. And once that authentication process is done, then it's good. But then I have to keep the bloody disk in there the whole time. It doesn't just automatically lock to the store. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues that I have with this isn't that physical media is going away because I'm fine with that. It's more that I don't have better control over my digital media. Mm-hmm. I don't have a way to sell my digital library to anyone at right. any point. And I think that's the bigger concern. If if we still had the ability to digitally transfer games from one person to another for a cost or for free, mm-hmm. then I don't think many people would rub up against the fact that we're losing physical, physical games. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that old idea of uh, Steve Jobs, who said, if you sell people what they want, they won't pirate it. And mm-hmm. the premise is, is similar in my mind. It may not be an exact, you know, a good example, but if you give people the same rights that you have with right. physical media, like you would at like a garage sale, but you do that for digital goods, then yeah, it's easy. Get a tablet, get a phone, log into your accounts, click on the thing you want to transfer, give the uh, the 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 user handle or the email address of the person that wants it give it to them, allow them to pay for it through their means or give it as a gift. Mm-hmm. And then you're done with it. You don't have to think about it. Digital media is then a consumer facing product that will then transfer along. And, and, you know, it's like, what do you do in this point? Also, what do you also have? You know, like, because consoles are region free, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you buy your game. If it's physical, you just stick it in and it works on your console with stores. And accounts that are all region locked because of different legislations in different countries, Mm -hmm. it is much harder for people who bounce between one country and another who have accounts with huge numbers of games on them to be able to access those or get new games for those accounts if they're in different countries. Right. There's a ton of legislation that needs to happen around this. For people to feel like they have actual ownership over the products that they are purchasing. 
And legislation is the only way that this is going to change. And I think there needs to be better advocacy for that in governments across the board. And I think the EU is doing the best job of it right now. It's so interesting to hear you talk about this and be so impassioned about it because it just isn't that important to me. And that's a fascinating thing. And maybe that's a spoiled take because right now I just do what I want to do. Like, yeah. right? Like I, I've got what I want. And anybody that's sounding the alarm bells is either wiser than me and seeing something that I'm not seeing or it's just a stick in their craw. And I don't know where it is, right? Like I don't know where the line is, but I've not been bothered as the industry has shifted in a lot of ways. Like right now we are approaching a digital only future for Xbox, right? They've got the series S out there. They experimented this on the Xbox one. Uh, and we, we saw from the, the self-imposed leaks that the Brooklyn, which is the, xbox series x all digital for lack of a better descriptor was definitely in production at one point don't know if it'll come out it would seem likely but right you know no if and buts on on the absolutes but certainly it's the direction that they're going i foresee the future 15 years from now where i just log in i have my controller and i play like i can already play my xbox on my phone that's a thing and has been a thing for years now i don't necessarily want things on my shelf that I have to get up, move, manipulate. I want my toys or a a trophy of some kind, like something special that represents something to me, but I don't need the disc, the cartridge that I just don't seem bothered by that trend. And I'm not even worried about not having an X box down the line. I don't care if it's a switch, a PlayStation, a Samsung TV, as long as my achievements and my memories and my controller are all intact. I don't know that I would have said that five years ago, but that's where I am now. Well, I, th- I think the difference is that you are benefiting from being in an ecosystem that perpetuates the idea of being accessible everywhere. Uh, if you're if you're a Nintendo fan, buddy, you, you don't have choices. You have you have like a, a switch cart, which you know, if, if that's the case, then you're going to have to just like, like, do you, do you know about this? Do you know, maybe you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. There is a switch cart that is literally just a jump box for sticking a micro SD into that cart mm-hmm. and then putting that cartridge into your console. Hmm. Like there's already a micro SD card slot on the actual console. Right. But to swap that out, is so annoying that -hmm. people are actually creating cartridges that fit into the cartridge slot that you just put an SD card into like a reader. Mm -hmm. And the reason for it is because the internal memory for that console is terrible. Nintendo's not been good at hardware for a long time. No, they've been very good at hardware and not costing money. Okay, so we're saying, okay. Yeah, that that, I don't think they're good good at... They're good at making hardware that is is interesting and unique, mm-hmm. and they're good at making hardware that people will buy and mm-hmm. that is cheap to make. They are not they're not bleeding edge in any way, though. No, no, they're not. Did you see the software updates that were kicking out to Xbox users that are certainly going to make their way into PlayStation and Nintendo at some point? Essentially, a software fix to account for stick drift. No. Firmware, firmware fix, I should say, <laughs> not software. But essentially, oh like as the as the physical hardware starts to degrade and you get stick drift coming in, which is not a big problem on Xbox 
uh, compared to Joy-Cons, which makes sense, right? Joy-Cons are built for a younger audience and smaller. Um, but essentially, it'll identify if there's stick drift happening and on the firmware side, account for it so so that you're less likely to have to you know go replace. I saw that as a thing. That's got to be a thing that, that other companies are working on as well. So they make... They, excuse Who's me. They? they they make uh, Joy-Con that are Nintendo uh, or third party, third party. Okay, uh, that are are replacement joysticks for your Joy-Con, and the reason why these, which are the uh, Ghoulie kits, um, they're hall sensing joysticks, and hall sensing joysticks do not rely on physical connection between the points of contact for the X and Y axis on joysticks. The, it relies purely on magnetics. Um, it's just a, a sensor that moves across and it's all done with magnets as opposed to something touching another thing and eventually wearing down that contact point that lets you know like where the actual stick position is, right? Got it. That's, the, that's how drift works is that the contact points are worn down over time, over usage, mm-hmm. and they no longer sense where that, that position of that point is for the XY axis. <clears throat> If companies just switch over to a hall sensing design for joysticks, we would no longer have drift. No one would have to worry about it. They would rather do a temporary fix, which is the software update, apparently, to account for the bad design of these joysticks, as opposed to moving to a much better thing. What needs to happen is legislation to be able to push forward repairs. You are on a political <clears throat> kick this today. It's a consumer. God, it's a consumer facing uh, concept. <laughs> this will allow. It'll. It. What. What I'm saying is, is that. And, and this is if if <laughs> if anyone's done anything that has ever involved I fix it, which I know is a very household name when it comes to repairing. Mm-hmm. They have always been trying to push legislation to try and make sure that if consumers want to repair their own products, it does not void the warranty from the manufacturer. That is. Have, a- have you tweeted Joe Biden about this, Logan? No. Or, or Senator Warren or uh, Ron DeSantis. I hear he's bu- he's not busy anymore. <clears throat> have you decided to jump on this social train? This could be your platform, dude. You I am, could do I'm it. not. I'm I'm a big bat advocate, but I'm not a I'm not going to I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not going to try and proposition. This is for someone who has more legal stand standing than I do. I know what the issues are. I know what can fix them. I can't do that. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what I want to say is, is that this kind of thing is the thing that I think people should be talking about more than. What are the fruit physics like? But at the end of the day, no one cares because more people would rather go out and beat a, a, a cute animal with a, a baseball bat and Jesus throw it into Logan. a pot to cook while they while they reload their gun before they jump on their hang glider and sail around to a world. That was your transition to Power World. <laughs> that was your transition to Power World. That's how you chose to do that. Yeah. Not legislation into the apple itunes xbox thing you wanted to beat beat a puppy with a bat transition <laughs> god oh man one of those guys. episodes i'm concerned i have some all right well, well, well let's cover some of the, the other stuff then yeah well did we actually talk okay so we did talk about the the physical being gone sucks i understand it we need better better <laughs> legislation in place to give us people like the opportunity to do that um, did you want to dive into Power World or did you want to dive into App Store getting iTunes and stuff? 
real quick, just to see how many times we can say <laughs> legislation in 10 minutes. Um, thanks to EU regulations, Apple is now uh, going to allow Xbox Game Force, G- Game Force, Game Pass, GeForce Now uh, to be on iOS natively. And this is a big deal uh, because it sounds like we're going to be able to have uh, ga- you know, cloud gaming more readily available in the EU or sorry, uh, on Apple. Thanks to those EU regulations. Did I say that properly? So uh, kind of, yes. Um, it's of, already yes. available. Mm-hmm. It, the difference is, is that you, if, if anyone's ever tried to do game pass on their phone, on their iPhone, mm-hmm. you have to go through a rigmarole of going through your browser. And then it tells you like, all right, we'll click the little button that says add a shortcut to home screen. And you're like, and you do it now. It can actually be a full-fledged app. It can be like a native app that that is launched in there. They can update it. They can keep, they can add functionality with the hooks that a lot of the software has that is not allowed because it's done through the browser. Effectively, this is just going to give Xbox a lot more control to be able to iterate on the Game Pass app. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just relying on a browser-based system, which is as dumb as it can be for the sake of things like, you know, TV usage or Chromebook usage, right? <clears throat> the fact that Fortnite is still not on iOS, as far as I can tell, um, that is still one of the barriers for a lot of people to want to play Fortnite on their, on their, their tablets and stuff on their I- iPads and their iPhones. Like the as extra a re- step of login. Is that what you mean? <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, the, the step is still there, but the difference is, is that, Right now, there's no native way to play Fortnite on your phone, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. You have to do it through a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving, given that Fortnite is free with Xbox Game Pass, you don't have to sign up for the service to be able to play it. You can just access it through Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Having a native app there ensures that it'll be better for gamers who want to do that. And this is finally... This is step one mm-hmm. of opening up the ecosystem on uh, iOS and and uh, uh, allowing people to be able to put their games on there through stores that are not necessarily Apple's. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. I think this is a good thing, right? Like we're happy about this. Yeah, this is great because it's it, it's been a walled garden, and the the restrictions that Apple puts in there used to be like consumer uh, uh, uh presented things is like we're protecting you from the potential harms that could come from uh people sideloading software on through a different store and not having control over that this is now basically saying like all right we're starting to open up you can stream netflix on your iphone why shouldn't you be able to stream a game mm-hmm. because it's competing with apple's initiative to create the apple arcade Mm-hmm. So it is a it is a, it, they're effectively trying to monopolize their store because it's their store and they don't want other people being able to do stuff like that. And because they can't regulate the games that are coming through based on the sheer number that are on Game Pass and GeForce Now, they didn't want to expose people to games that could potentially be outside of the age rating for games that are already rated for different different groups demographics or age groups and stuff like that and it's it was all bs it was all stupid mm-hmm. the eu is pushing regulations to ensure that the the apple is is falling more in line with with like actual industry standards like mm-hmm. usb-c type 
for their charging ports. Now they're opening up the app store. It's just going to be a lot better for consumers. And, and they, we just need to keep pushing these things forward and forward and forward and keep making sure that consumers are taken care of. You know what we need, Logan? What's that? Legislation. Oh, man. Legislation fixes everything. That's what I've heard. That's uh, You take a bill to the Congress and then they vote on it and then it gets put into legislation. And then before you know it, profit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I've always known. That's be. how you get to be a three trillion dollar company. Uh, you see, you see this Power World, this Power World thing going around. I think I heard, yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, Power World. Uh, yeah. not it, it, not a Pokemon <laughs> clone. Just for the record, yes, they look like Pokemon. Oh, it's think... it's Pokemon with guns. Oh, okay. gotcha. It's Pokemon I, with guns. Anybody that looks at the the cover art would think just that Pokemon with guns. I think it's a very rational thing to say i think a lot of people have yeah. uh, noted as much however the gameplay is much closer to something like minecraft or valheim uh several members of our community are enjoying it i think todd Oxtra, kevin butler clint coombs are all playing it you played it you sent me some b-roll there um our, my, our buddy kevin somehow loves this game uh which, which i think is awesome but i did not expect right certainly seems to be catching people by storm over two million concurrent players on steam Pretty insane. Eight million copies have been sold on Steam. Uh, this is the second highest number of concurrent players, by the way, two million uh, behind PUBG, which hit like 3.2 million concurrence at one point in its time. What I find so interesting about this game is it's unfinished, just like PUBG was, right? It's yeah. an early access title. Uh, again, you can play this game on Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass. Uh, my understanding is the Xbox version is a bit behind the pc version i've heard some say uh i believe it was ainsley bowden actually now i'm saying this it was light years behind it whereas i've heard other anecdotals saying no it's not that far behind the pc version nonetheless people are loving it enjoying it greatly um i don't really have an interest in a survival game that's not really my kind of thing uh but to see so many people jumping in it might be one of those waves that catches me i was not on the Fortnite wave early on now i love Fortnite. So uh, I don't know. What did you think? You went hands on with it. Yeah. So I, I played quite a bit of it. Um, I made a really cool house. It's three story. It's got a nice kind of expanded rooftop. So it's open, open on the uh, the top level there with a little bit of a loft for storage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got like all the, the little pals kind of doing their business. I mm-hmm. captured them. I told them what to do. They're they're working for food and enjoyment uh, while making sure that I have lumber and rock. And like, I don't want to get into the into the whole like slavery thing because that's well, a, say, like you made it sound like that. Are they like <clears throat> like in Warcraft where you're like, these are your workers. These are your this. Is it like that? Yeah. OK. Yeah. OK. You're, More work. you're yeah, you're I mean, it's like nobody. <laughs> everyone just assumed that those workers were getting paid in benefits in World Warcraft three. So I guess <laughs> we can just assume that for Power World, too, because apparently it's an issue with Power World, but not for like other games. Job done. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's the thing is, is like the, the goal of this is to the survival side of it is kind of cool uh, mm-hmm. because so many times when I jump into a survival game, they're like, all right, go out and get supplies, build things up and then continue to go out and get more supplies and then build things up. And you're mm-hmm. constantly having to gather and build and gather and build and gather and build with power world. They give you the opportunity to build but then create automated systems like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, um, 
uh i can't think of the the conveyor belts like sure. uh, um whatever the the like it kind of goes in line with it anyway the pals they they you have ones that are assembly like assembly lines assembly line yeah yeah okay. you've got people that are like you know they're hard you got little pals that are harvesting goods and then you have mm-hmm. little pals that gather the, the harvested goods and put them in storage mm-hmm. and it's just a it's just a feedback loop when they get tired they go sit in a little spa when they're mm-hmm. when when they or when they're unhappy they go sit in the spa when they're tired they go and they sleep in the bed and it's just a it's just a little little ecosystem and they get fed that's mm-hmm. you know they don't there's no pay there's gold but there's no pay but then you have like the whole like other side of it which is to go out and capture pals which mm-hmm. have abilities and do better against other bil- do have abilities that are paper rock scissors to other pals mm-hmm. and you have like team rockets out there and then you have you know like big monsters and battles and dungeons and stuff and it's it's like taking parts of breath of the wild mm-hmm. and you're, you're mashing it together with like rust or or vampire survive or not vampire surprise or what was what was the reference you gave warcraft no no <laughs> valheim that's it valheim. Valheim. okay um <clears throat> it's like breath of the wild meets valheim meets pokemon mm-hmm and in, in, in give them guns because America. And it, it turns out that a lot of people, for whatever reason, when you give them guns as like the end game for, for something, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll go smack a tree for a while mm-hmm. so I can get guns. Heck, yeah. But go ahead. Well, it's, it's I was so unbothered by a lot of the, the, the outrage that people are pretending to have towards this game because there are so oh, many. People are upset that they're carrying guns. Like, really? Call of Duty? What? I don't even think um, they're upset about that. I think they're upset about the fact that there's the the plagiarism and the AI aspect. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's always come across more than the guns aspect of it. But keep going with the guns. Well, no. So let's address the plagiarism <clears throat> aspect. If it comes to pass that there is truly plagiarism occurring, that is bad. Don't endorse it. Not okay with that. I do not support that. But yeah. if it's an idea that's been iterated on, everyone needs to hush. Everyone just needs to be quiet. Sure, they look like Pokemon, right? But they're when I played Prince of Persia, was that copying Super Metroid or Castlevania? Or was it done because it's a genre now? Pokemon does not own the idea of being cute and cuddly. That is not a thing, right? Um, I just don't understand that aspect of it. Now, if again, if it comes to pass that what they took is a Jigglypuff, added a horn, and suddenly we're here, fine. But, like, I'm looking at some of these Pokemon, and there is no thought whatsoever put into some of them. And I don't see the need to be outraged at this. If anything, yeah. I hope this motivates Nintendo to do a better <clears throat> job cultivating a once-great franchise. I think Pokemon has not been well-treated in a gameplay experience for some time. Yes. Yeah, the the okay, so to kind of lay things out real quick, um there's been no proof that AI has been used in the game. There's been uh Is that bad suge- by the way? I'm cutting you off again. I'm sorry. So, okay, so 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 the, 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 the idea is is that <clears throat> with and, and I have to be clear about this. People are generalizing AI to such a degree that Yeah. You need to chill out just a little bit and realize that all games have AI in them. There mm-hmm. is some sort of algorithm, artificial intelligence, whether it be procedurally generated or developed for a, an NPC walking around and picking up poop off a street mm-hmm. that is in games already. So saying 
AI bad is too much of a generalization. Where AI can be bad is when it is uh, creating artwork that is then perpetuated as artistry from actual resources that are pulled from outside sources Mm -hmm. in an engine that were not paid for to create imagery. Like if they're stealing art from actual artists to create art, Mm -hmm. that is a bad way to push AI. That's not always the case for all AI art generation, by the way. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is done in-house with their own artistry and then they use it to generate ideas. Which makes good sense. So there's, there's nuance Mm-hmm. That can't be done in 240 characters on a fucking website. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. That's our bleep. one. Now I we're PG-13. Son of a gun. Red um, Beast, it, we apologize to only Red Beast. Sorry about that. Else. I let it slip. I, I, was move, I was using my hands to talk, and I didn't have the <laughs> button. So that's, that's on me. Um, and then the other aspect of it is because the CEO <laughs> is such a big fan of AI that they that they they've used it in past games but they haven't been proven to use it in power world so if you want to condemn the company because the the ceo is for ai then condemn apple condemn microsoft condemn so many other studios and and companies in tech that are using ai because i guarantee you it doesn't it doesn't matter who it is ai is going to be part of our future it's Mm -hmm. already if you have a google home if you have an alexa if you have an iphone or if you have an android phone you're already supporting AI. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where does it affect you. And most of the time it comes down to artists and voice actors. Those are the two that are the most impacted by the detriments of using AI over hiring people to do stuff. Cliff Blazinski just said, what is bad about AI? It makes some really dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. I personally agree. I love that AI art generation can make some really dumb stuff. I treat it like an Etch-A-Sketch. I make something cool, it looks silly, and then I shake it, delete it, and I move on. Mm -hmm. But anytime I need artwork, I like to buy, uh, I like to commission an artist to actually do that because it's something that I need copyrighted. It's something that I need to be using for production that is going to be monetized at some point, either indirectly or directly. And that is important to me to hire someone to actually do that work. That's where the whole AI thing has gone. Why do I feel like I've been on a soapbox this whole you really have. episode? Why? I've just been noted. I don't know. I was going to say, Why? what was in your coffee this morning? It was and not good are... creamer. That's for sure. I need Ooh. better creamer. Um, oh, there's a lot to take in with that one, too. That was... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, but, but yeah, Pal World is getting flack for that. And it's coming from a lot of disgruntled Pokemon fans and anti-AI people in, in my personal in my personal perspective a lot of people unhappy that this is getting so much attention and and is earning as much as it is in the in the state that it's in which is less buggy in my opinion than some of the pokemon games that we've gotten recently mm-hmm. but because the designs are similar and because pokemon has not had a good game in a long time there are a lot of unhappy people and what is unhappy people want to do get pitchfork Mm-hmm. And and start poking at the thing that is is causing happiness. It's I think the we need stuff. legislation. It could be legislation that's causing this. It's <laughs> but I've been having fun with Power World. I think I think if you're on Game Pass and you you want to give it a shot, you can jump in and and you know beat trees and and rocks with 
sticks to build better sticks so that you can go and beat animals with sticks and then force them to make more resources for you to get better, bigger sticks. It's a gameplay loop that works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why people have a problem with this over, you know, going and enslaving a Pokemon and then forcing it to battle its friend as an well, eight-year-old. I'll say if you're playing Power World, please put a comment in. If you want legislation passed, please put a comment in. Uh, if you want to know what, right. what type of coffee Logan drinks, please put there a comment in. Going on, going on in the game industry that, that you can speak to about this and I can take a break. Yeah. Suicide okay. Squad's coming out, and this is a game okay. that I'm real mad about um, because I know I'm going to play it. I'm angry that it exists, but I have to acknowledge that of late, in this, in this past week, several Suicide Squad developers came out on their socials and discussed the passion at which they are creating Kill the Justice League with the love that they've had. I could tell in the beta, which I did not enjoy, or the the alpha, the ND8 alpha that was we're not allowed to talk about, um, I could tell during that that there was a lot of love for the Arkhamverse in there. I'm still angry this is the direction of the Arkhamverse. This is not the game I wanted. Um, and Kevin, our buddy Kevin, wisely asked me last night, would I still be so angry if this was not the Arkham developers? No, I would not be this angry. But as a DC fan, seeing that they're excited about their, their art, seeing they're excited about their game coming out, I am interested. It is DC. I know I will play it. I know I like the formula because I enjoyed Avengers so much, but I did not like traversal during the alpha. I did not enjoy that. The alpha's experience. So I'm really curious to know how, how this game hits me upon its full release. When all my buddies are playing it, when we're in a crew, that kind of thing. Um, I plan to main Deadshot. There is a hundred dollar version for a three day early access that, that launches on January 29th, I believe. IGN, GameSpot, they have codes for the game. We have not gotten codes. We may not get codes. We always tell you guys if we do. But like what I, I I bring that up because as a smaller content creator, those codes have not gone out, which to me could be a red flag. Uh, it could also be the very convenient, logical, sometimes excuse. We need the live servers or we need the 1.0 servers to go live. So it could be that IGN is reviewing the 9.9 or 0.99 build or something like that, right? So I'm very curious to know how that goes. Um, I do like the roadmap that they showed. It looks good. Um, the ro- with with Joker and Elseworld Joker because Arkham versus Joker is dead. Um, very curious to see how that's received, how they incorporate that. Again, that to me damages the Arkhamverse, but I'm curious. Uh, they're supporting it with a good roadmap. They've got Twitch drops lined up. All intents and purposes, this looks like it's going to launch far better than Avengers did, and I think that's a fair comparison. But I am very curious to know how it goes. I will be along for the ride because my Avengers community, the leakers, the players, the gamers, the streamers, they're all in on this one. So I'm along for the ride here. And I was vocal about my disdain for the alpha. I'll be vocal about my love or disdain for the game. And uh, one thing I always do is is get locked in on something, Logan. So I'm either going to get real locked in and hate it or real locked in and love it. Yeah. I'm I'm is uh Gotham Knights part of the Arkhamverse? It is not. No, it is its own story. It is okay. its own story. And interestingly, years and years ago, Rocksteady was making Gotham Knights and WB Montreal was making what is now Suicide Squad. That that is old 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 old. So it could be that what we have now is nothing like those things, right? Yeah. But their projects did flip at one point in their tenure. Does it feel like Rocksteady had a, a 
a real hard on for um, the traversal and decided that they were going to have that in whatever game they made. And now <laughs> it's just, it, it started with Gotham Knights and they're like, we're going to have them hopping around through the city. It's going to be cool. We'll have, uh, you know, Barbara swinging from a, a bat wing. We're going to have uh night, uh, night wing. No, night, not night wing. Um, Red Hood, uh, Robin, Nightwing. Red Hood, Jason. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to have him hopping on like little mystical like g- jumps and stuff. And I'm like, also stupid. This, this also just feels a lot like the, these were the traversal ideas that they had. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to throw him into a into an Arkham game or they wanted to throw him into a Batman game. And they were like, all right. And then they handed a, a half made thing to to Montreal. And Montreal's like. I guess we got to keep this in because it's a big part of the game. And they're like, all right, guys, we'll refresh start. We know exactly what we want to do. 2.0 is going to be suicide, suicide squad this time. Uh, but we're going to, we, now that we know what we want to do with the traversal, we're going to really nail it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really going to nail it. And I really hate that they're focusing on that so much. I'm, I'm curious. It's a, it's an interesting parallel to draw. And like, that's a interview I would love to have. I don't think, we're on the radar. I've been asking for an interview for with the the Rocksteady people for over a year now, and I just don't think that's going to happen. Have you tried hard enough? I feel like you maybe haven't tried hard enough. Man, I've been. Have I've you been, told them how much of a fan you are? I've 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 tried everything. <laughs> I've tried. I was. I reminded them I interviewed Gotham Knights uh, staff, you know, and and yeah. whatnot, and voice actors and such. <clears throat> so, but it is what it is. Um, the reason I bring that up is because. The founders of Rocksteady, Sefton Hill and the other gentleman whose name I, I forgot, left the studio wow. Wow. about a year or so ago, uh, maybe a little longer now. Timelines are weird, um, but they left the studio. So the team yeah. making and a lot of people left the studio. So the team making Suicide Squad is not the same Arkham team, but do there you, is that you, talent. So I wonder. Do you, think, do you think that's because they wanted to continue making standalone projects that weren't service games? It would be full conjecture, right? I've seen not a single statement from them on this particular topic. Mm. None. Outside looking in, absolutely that's what it looks like. But I've seen no evidence. And given that there's no evidence, it's hard for me to be like, yes, this is. Well, I mean, as proper games journalists here, that is (laughs) what our bread and butter is, is conjecture, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. that's how news is is perpetuated um i'm looking forward to the twitch drops for this personally. why is that because i i think the costumes look really good i think the costumes look way better on the twitch drops than they do for the digital deluxe edition mm-hmm. with the throwback costumes that they've got in there and and to be perfectly honest i miss arkham harley and i miss uh batman the animated series harley and i i I can live with the Suicide Squad Margot Robbie version in this, but I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm going to be Captain Boomerang and not just because he has Captain in the name, but because I genuinely think that character is really funny. And I really like the Boomerang traversal more than the other ones with maybe like King Shark as the exception. I can't handle Harley's traversal. It's so weird to me. It doesn't feel right. It does not feel right. Especially as a Batman fan. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, I don't know what it is about it. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't click with me. And I hope it, it clicks with someone because we need someone to be Harley. Yeah. 
Yeah. And but, yeah. Our buddy Kev's like, I want to be King Shark. And I was like, who are you now? Like, <laughs> don't understand it. I'm going to do Deadshot because it's the most basic, simplistic traversal. Up, yeah. down, shoot. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the Twitch drops. Um, if you guys are curious about what they are, they're very Twitch branding as far as like, and they look kind of cyberpunky, but I, that's up my alley. So of course I'm going to like it, but they're starting on the 30th mm-hmm. on Twitch. They go for like, I think a week or mm-hmm. two. Uh, no, I think they go for a week each. Um, so like Harley's the first one. She's like from the 30th of January to the 7th of February. And then they'll move on to the next character and you have to watch like an hour or so's worth of of uh, Twitch streaming on that. Mm-hmm. And then from like the 8th to the 16th, it'll be King Shark. And then from the 17th to the 25th, it'll be Deadshot. And then from the 26th up to March 4th, it'll be Captain Boomerang. So I got to wait a whole flipping month just to get the one skin that I am actually going. And I'll probably be done with the game by the time the skin comes out. And I hate mm-hmm. that they're doing this, but I see that they're doing the long-term engagement. Mm-hmm. But I am kind of curious because the season passes uh, persist. You don't have to buy them right away. Mm-hmm. And the first character that they're bringing out for Suicide Squad, which I, I didn't expect them to bring any more characters, was that Joker character. Mm-hmm. And the Joker character's traversal actually looks cool, but it should be for the Penguin. And I don't know why. <sighs> yep. yep. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. I know. But we're going to play it, so, you know, whatever. I know. All right. I know. <clears throat> All right, let's get to some listener questions here. I'm so... Suicide Squad, man. <laughs> I can tell you. All right. Uh, let's if we, get, if we get codes for that one, I will tell everybody. Make sure you know. All right. Anubis316 writes in over on Twitter and asks us about Halo Season 2. I think that's a really relevant question because we are on the eve. I do like this trailer. I'm... Uh, it looks real good. Pablo, uh, Pablo Schreiber is out there talking about. Is it Pablo Schreiber? I don't remember. He's yeah. talking about uh, the man with the face. Yeah, they kind of recognize that season one was a, a misfire. Um, I hope season two delivers, man. Uh, but you get one episode for me to show that you're on the right trajectory, and then I'm out. I genuinely thought that this was a typo for from Anubis, and I thought I thought that he was talking about the next update for Halo. And not season two oh. of this of the show. So I was like, buddy, they've been past season two. I don't know where you've been, but I know. Halo Infinite's <laughs> in a good place. It's in a good yeah. place. I'm enjoying um, it. Well, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the fact that the uh, the next update's coming on the 30th for the first operation since they're moving away from seasons and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, there's a new illusion map that's coming. There's, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's new weapons. Is there new weapons? Uh, they're... There's new forge confirmed. stuff. There's new forge for the, the covenant. I don't remember if there's new weapons or not, but okay. I, the details don't <clears throat> actually matter. I will tell any lapsed Halo Rude. fan, go back, check it out. Check it out. It's genuinely in a great place. We found a great mode, by the way, with lots of vehicles. Were you with us when we just did like two hours straight and just had a blast? No, I was I was doing something else. I don't think we I had a dude, we had a ball. It was just it was just a good time. So like it, it was fun. Lots of vehicles and in, in good modes. We had a good time. Um, squad battle. It's like a great big team, but not big team. You know how big team can sometimes just devolve and not be fun. It's a, it's a nice in between. So it was good times. Your um, mom's a squad battle. Thank you. <laughs> Chipotle bear says, 
Uh, he writes in over on Threads. Shout out to Chipotle Bear, by the way. He says, now that Cliffy B is checked off the list, who are your guys' top four dream developer gets for X- for an XEP interview? Um, I have some answers because I think about this a lot. Do you have some in your mind? I mean, last time we got this kind of a question, I think it was Chris Metzen. was like the one that I would like to dive into and stuff. I'd love to talk to the avowed folks to kind of pick their mind about things and like systems that are that feel archaic to me and how they how they justify those in games and stuff like that. I would love to talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. Love to talk to the uh, Arkham team to be like, guys, was traversal just a real big dream mm-hmm. for you? Yeah. But outside of that, I don't know who who are you thinking. I mean, Sarah Bond, Phil Spencer, like. So, you, so the- there are two names right now that that were on my top three cliff blazinski was in my top three like really and truly he just was and that was an eclectic strange fun interview for a lot of reasons and doing the deep dive learning his life was painful and interesting um but it was really neat because because gears of war is so close to my heart for a lot of reasons good and bad um i've i consistently say sarah bond because i think it's important to to give future developers particularly young women and women of color of voice and see like no this is the this is now the ceiling that you can rise to and i want to know about sarah's journey how she handles those statements that i just made like is that a is that a role you're willing to to take on is that something you want because that's a lot of pressure and that we just throw that on her and she might just be a great person trying to make games um, and there are a lot of stereotypical questions that I'm sure she gets asked. So I really want to ask about her experiences there. Um, I did submit a request and Xbox responded as a potential answer down the line um, for Carrie Patel, the narrative director for Avowed or studio director. I think she's the narrative director. She I want to talk to because she is a published author. I ordered her book. Um, it's a fiction book for young adults, I believe. And I'm a teacher. And so to give both of them an, a chance for my students to see and use that in my classroom, I'm very selfishly want to do. Um, I really want to have those conversations, like asking Cliff about certain things were actually student questions. They were interested to know about Unreal Engine and, and his experiences. And so I find myself now walking a line where I want to talk to my heroes, but I want to talk to hopefully the future gamers, the future us's that are hosting podcasts. I want to talk to their heroes. Um, yeah. So I do want to talk to Sefton Hill. Why'd you leave Rock, Rocksteady? Why didn't Arkham 4 happen or Arkham 5 technically? Like what What was the deal? But really, Carrie Patel, Sarah Bond, uh, the people behind Halo, which it, it seems to be very hard to get, get to, right? People behind some of these bigger Xbox franchises, those are always, of course, going to be dream gets. And uh, my goal with XEP is for us to be worthy of, of being on that radar, being in consideration for those interviews when they launch a new game. That's something yeah. I would love for XEP to happen. Um, and that that happens when people engage with our content, right? That's, a, that's an accidental self-plug, but the reality is I want to be worthy of that so that it's not the same voices. I see a lot of people that very much don't ask the right questions when they interview or they haven't done their research. And I'm a little embarrassed for them because it's the same names of people that talk to some of these developers. I'm like, this person is not a good interviewer. I don't feel they did the research to ask the right questions. And um, I want to be among the names of people that are considered for those interviews. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always rough when 
you're trying to be in the in the prospectives knowing that you can do a good job and seeing others get the opportunity that you know you would like to have and not capitalize on that opportunity um which kind of brings me to uh back to your one of your people that we you know we both mentioned which was sarah bond shout out to charlie hudson who or hudson i think it's hudson um over at xbox uh, xbox uk hudson Um, hudson yeah i love charlie uh charlie was doing i don't know if, i don't know if she's done a season three but uh she was doing the women of xbox podcast mm-hmm. and on the eighth episode it was it was a couple of years ago um mm-hmm. i think it was the eighth one <clears throat> she actually interviewed sarah bond and it was a fantastic episode I remember great that. interviewer i really loved her her conversation she knows how to how to instantly build rapport with people mm-hmm. uh which really like one speaks to her personality, but two really enriches the content that's, that's for that podcast. Um, but a really good kind of dive into a conversation with Sarah Bond, if that's something that people resonated with when you were talking about it. Um, I know that you would definitely have other questions that you would, you would ask her about, but that's, that's out there. If, if folks are ever interested in hearing what Sarah Bond has to say about her life and such. Absolutely. Side, side note, Charlie helped me pick out joggers for my wife when i was at when i met her at e3 in 2019 oh cool yeah just a neat little thing nice 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 woman that's out there yeah uh let's see matt kennedy writes in have either of you played the pillars of eternity games they're fantastic and about takes place in the same shared world wondering if you haven't played them would either of you look into trying them before playing about i have not played the pillar of pillars of eternity games i have looked into playing them and i keep waiting for the moment to strike because I see them, I see the quality that they exude, but I haven't been caught by the bug. Yeah, not my type of game. Um, honestly, like I, I appreciate the Pillars of Eternity is out there. Avowed being in that world is going to pull me in a lot more. I know I usually like to go into games before, like, you know, types of games like that before that I, I jump into something, especially if it's from the same studio with the way Piles, Piles of Eternity is designed. Pillars. It's or pillars what did i say pals like pal pals mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know why i'm gonna enact some legislation real quick <laughs> good um yeah i haven't tried the pillars of eternity as i understand it they're a different approach than the standard kind of avowed gameplay that we've seen i'm going to be a lot more interested in, in avowed because of of the type of game that it is not because necessarily that it's pillars of eternity but i appreciate that it's there um, and that it does have a long, uh, a long legacy of, of lore to, to kind of pull from, to be able to add into that. And it, who knows, might, might spark a, a flame that I didn't expect. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I certainly, we talk about it regularly, all my games of the year and all the games that I've been into lately have not been in my standard wheelhouse, you know, yeah, Diablo, Starfield and such. Who are you anymore? I'm, it's crazy. I'm growing <laughs> and learning. It seems, um, I'm excited. I need to check out Diablo's new season. I mean, my character, but I didn't really do much with it. So it's okay. Yeah. I don't really like the construct aspect. I think I liked the, uh, the vampire stuff better. I don't like that. It's mechanical. Like I want demons and monsters, not mechanical. So I'm, but I'm an aesthetics person. So, Fair. all right, man. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty much where we want to left, leave off. Um, Muffinmon, I feel like we answered the majority of your questions in our previous conversation. Oh, 
should we expect Avowed or Indiana Jones to be digital only? Yes, you should. You should. No. Avowed, absolutely. 100%. No. 100%. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. All right. What I don't are we know betting? What, I don't know. Like, what's a good bet for us? Uh, $10 games, game, or $10 Xbox currency? Okay. All right. So my, my bet, and if you accept it, is that Avowed will be digital only. I okay. do not think it'll have a physical. I'll bet right. you $10 on that. You good for that? Yeah, I'm good for that. Okay. I oh, hate betting. I hate so, gambling okay. in general. <laughs> Let's Avowed will be out in at the end of the year. Let's do 10 bucks towards a uh extra life of our choice at the time to support a creator. Oh, I like that better. So let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna put this in our notes at the very bottom. Luke bets ten dollars extra life. That avowed is all digital. I don't think uh, Indiana Jones will be all digital, but about absolutely. Wild. Okay. <laughs> I think that's they're nuts, leaving. But... They're leaving discs behind, <clears throat> man. Okay. All right. All right. Captain Logan, what you got going on with the old, the old? Oh man, season eleven's great. Uh, the the season eleven's revamped how voyages work in Sea of Thieves. They've increased the level cap and added a prestige system to Sea of Thieves. So I've been playing more Sea of Thieves this week than I have probably in the last month, and it's been a lot of fun. It, it's been doing really really well. But I mean that's that's it for that. So uh, community episode this weekend for Keelhauled community. So gold holders, uh, if you're a Patreon, you're invited to that. Um, outside of that, just uh, uh, that's it, man. Just see if he's on socials and stuff lately. Um, I put out a, a tweet uh, t- last night that was uh, asking people how people feel about the seventy dollar uh, price hike, and now that we've kind of been living with it for a few years, I'm kind of curious to hear, hear what people's thoughts are. Like, do you do you like the seventy dollar price tag, or you have you accepted it at this point? Or are you still railing against it? Um, if you if you're at this point in the video. Put it in the comments. What do you think of $70? Good, bad, don't care? That's a good question. That's yeah. good. Uh, for on the XCP side, our version of Gold Hoarders, our community episode, the Xbox wrap up, is recording tomorrow for our patrons. All our, any of our patrons can jump in. That's going to be a blast. Um, yeah. Looking forward to interviewing Steven Totillo. I think he's worthy of a lot of good questions about the industry and coverage of the industry. Uh, between journalists and content creators, how that goes about. Um, and still working on some interviews for you guys. You know, we'll be playing Suicide Squad. We got a community reviewer. Clint Coombs is reviewing Tekken 8 for us. Looking forward to, to seeing his coverage of that. Um, yeah, I'll just ask anybody, please consider supporting XCP in however way you can. So that's it for us, man. Have a Thanks. great rest of your week. Take care. <laughs> Thank you.